So in the previous ayah, we learned that during the mourning period, which is four months and ten days for a widow, a woman is not going to get married. And I also mentioned to you that she's not going to get engaged. Right? And there are some other rulings related to al-hidad also. Now, after, after the mourning period is over, meaning after the hidad of four months and ten days is over, can a woman remarry? Yes, she can. And when she shows interest in getting married, and she dresses up, or she speaks to different people, etc., then there's no blame on her or on her relatives, meaning she's doing something that is completely permissible, as long as it is done in a ma'roof way. Now in this ayah, verse 235, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِيمَا عَرَّضْتُمْ بِهِ مِنْ خِطْبَةِ النِّسَاءِ if a woman is in her mourning period and a man really wants to get married to her, and it can happen, right? She's in her waiting period of four months and ten days, and there's a man, and he really wants to get married to her, and he's afraid that as soon as her mourning period will be over, maybe she'll marry somebody else. So he wants to tell her somehow that he is interested in marrying her. So can he make a direct proposal? No, he cannot. But it's going to be difficult for him to keep his feelings in his heart for four months and ten days. Right? Imagine the anxiety that this person would have. Right? So in this situation, what can he do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there's no blame on you in regards to what عَرَّضْتُمْ bihi you hint at min khitbatin nisa of marriage proposal to women. Now, there's two words here that I want you to understand. The first word is khitbah, that I want you to understand. Khitbah means proposal. From the word khitab, khitab is to address. Khutbah, from the same root, is used for khutbah. So khitbah is marriage proposal. Okay? So a man can propose to a woman, but how? Ma'arratum bihi. Arratum is from Ain radad, and arrada is to indirectly allude to something. Basically to hint at something without saying it openly. Okay? To hint at something, to get the message across without saying it openly and explicitly. So instead of him saying, would you marry me? He can say something like, you really don't need to worry. Any man would be lucky to have you. Right? Something like that. So he's hinted at it. So he can say something like that to show that he is interested, to let the woman know that somebody wants to marry her. Okay? So there's no sin in that. Or you just conceal it in yourselves. Meaning you just keep it in your heart, as difficult as it is, you just keep that intention in your heart and wait for the waiting period to be over and then give the proposal. Alright? Now this word aknantum is from kaf nun nun. And ken basically is a cover. And iknan is to keep something as a secret. Because when you keep something in your heart, right, you keep it as a secret, then it's protected. Nobody has access to what's in your heart, right? They can ask question upon question upon question, but if you've made up your mind, you're not going to let them know, you're not going to tell them. They can't dig it out of your heart, right? So over here, what is meant is that you keep the intention as a secret in your heart. It's okay, that's permissible. Alim Allahu, Allah knows that أَنَّكُمْ سَتَذْكُرُونَهُنَّ That you will mention them. 
Allah knows that you cannot help yourself and you will mention them. What is meant by satadkurunahunna? So it's from the word dhikr. And dhikr is to mention someone or remember someone. Alright? So what is meant by this is that Allah knows that in your heart you will think about talking to them, proposing to them. Right? And it's going to be very hard for you to just keep it in your heart. So He knows that you will mention something, you can't help but talk about it. So if you really have to talk about it, only talk in indirect terms. You know when you want to do something, when you plan to do something, and you decide, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. Are you really able to keep it as a secret? Like seriously, what happens to you? What happens? You just share it with a friend. Alright? And then you're like, but I said I wasn't going to tell anybody. Why did I tell her? And especially when it comes to feelings for another person. You may know somebody and you have feelings for them and you say, you know what, that's the person that I think I want to marry. You have this wish in your heart, this dream in your heart, and then you make the mistake of telling a friend. And that friend just starts trolling you from that day onwards. Right? Or she just starts making fun of you from that day onwards. It can happen. So Allah knows that it will be very hard for you not to talk about it. So okay, talk about it. However, وَلَكِنْ لَا تُوَاعِدُهُنَّ سِرًّا Do not promise them in secret. Do not secretly send a message and say, you know what, as soon as your idda is over, inshallah, my family and I are coming with a proposal. This is not fair. This is not fair to the woman. She is in mourning. Give her a break. And if you really love her and want to marry her, please respect her idda. Right? Respect that. So, لَا تُوَاعِدُهُنَّ سِرًّا إِلَّا أَن تَقُولُوا قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا Except that you say an appropriate word. And I gave you the example of appropriate word, such as a man saying to a woman, you really don't need to worry, any man would be lucky to have you. Right? Any man would be lucky to have you as his wife. So, you can say something like that. وَلَا تَعْزِمُوا عُقْدَةَ النِّكَاحِ And do not be determined upon the knot of the marriage. What does it mean by this? Ta'zimu is from azm. And azm is to make a firm resolve to do something. Alright? When it's basically decided. And uqdatun nikah, uqda is literally a knot. And nikah means marriage. So uqdatun nikah refers to the marriage contract. So what this means is that neither perform the nikah nor get engaged. You understand? So a woman in mourning... Do not directly propose to her, do not get engaged to her, and do not get married to her. You have to wait for her idda to be over. حَتَّى يَبْلُغَ الْكِتَابُ Until the decree reaches its end. And what is meant by kitab over here is decree. Meaning the idda, the waiting period, which is four months and ten days. وَعْلَمُوا And you should know that أَنَّ اللَّهَ This is important. So far, whatever we have been reading, you might say that, oh, this is not relevant to me. But what's coming now is 100% relevant to you. So pay attention. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ You all should know that Allah is aware of what is in yourselves, what you keep in your heart. فَحْذَرُوهُ So be cautious of Him. Fear Him. وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ حَلِيمٌ And you should know that Allah is forgiving and forbearing. What does this ayah mean? You see, a man's interest in marrying a woman, okay? A man's interest in marrying a woman is being discussed. Alright? And when a person 
likes another individual and they want to get married to them. Eventually, down the road, whenever that's possible. Right? This means that they have some feelings for that individual in their heart. Correct? And when it comes to feelings in your heart for another person, they can be very beautiful, but they're also a big test. Right? They're beautiful in the sense that you're feeling love. Love is something beautiful. But we also learned earlier that it can be a big test. It can distract you from obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Especially when that love is not appropriate. So for example, a person is in love, has a crush on another individual. They're too young to get married. They can't even think about getting married because they're only in grade 8 or grade 5. Alright? Or they just got into high school. Or their father has said that don't even talk about marriage until you have completed med school. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? You all know what I'm talking about. You see somebody, you talk to them, you hear them, you like them. And then you think about them, you like them even more. You talk to them and you like them even more. And then you're like, yes, that is wife material or husband material. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Now, listen, listen. Until your love or your crush or infatuation, whatever, it turns into marriage... Right? It becomes a reality. There is a long time. It may be more than just four months and ten days. It may be a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. Who knows? There may be some time until you finally get to marry the person that you love. Right? Now in this time, what should you do? You have to keep a check on your heart. Your feelings of attraction for another individual may be beyond your control. Alright? They may be beyond your control. But Allah knows what is in your heart. So is it really right for you to think about and to keep thinking about a guy who's not related to you or a girl who's not related to you? Is it really correct? No. Is it right for you to secretly get in touch with them and have some interesting conversations with them. Is it okay for you? And then exchange gifts and, you know, send hints, etc. Is that okay? It's not okay. Look at the word. Allah says, فَحْذَرُوهُ So fear Him. Have fear of Allah. Ask yourself, would Allah approve of what I'm doing, what I'm thinking? Would Allah approve of this? Typically, we're scared of our parents, right? What if they find out? Right? Dead. Exactly. They shouldn't find out. And then sometimes we do tell, maybe our siblings or our friends, and then we have regrets. Why did we tell them? Let me tell you something. Okay? Piece of advice. Just because you like someone today, doesn't mean that you will like them tomorrow. Okay? It doesn't mean that you will like them two years down the road. If you cannot marry them in the near future, don't dwell on them. It's hard. But try to Take your mind off of that person. Which means don't talk about them, don't stare at them, don't try to hang out with them. Keep your distance. Because otherwise you're going to put yourself in difficulty. It's very hard to live with such crushes. Like seriously. It's very hard. Because in your prayer also, you're thinking of them. In your homework also, you're thinking of them. When you're thinking about what classes to take, what courses to take? You're thinking, what classes does this dude take or does she take? So that I can be in the same class. We can have break at the same time. You're putting yourself in difficulty. Alright? 
Another thing I want you to think about, another important piece of advice that I would like to give you, is that just because you have a crush on someone, doesn't mean you should start talking about them. Don't even tell your best friend. Don't even tell your brother or your sister or someone who's so close to you. Don't tell them. Because you know what? As long as something is in your heart, it's safe. It's safe. It's a secret between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with time, your feelings may change. You might get over that person. And five years down the road, you get married to somebody else and you're perfectly fine. Right? But if you tell a friend, I really like this person. I think they're really cute. I think they're really hot. Whatever. Hmm? Whatever you say about them. If you start talking about them, you are going to make your life difficult. Trust me. You're going to make your life difficult. Because many times what we say, what we say begins to affect us. So maybe you just think they look nice. And then you say that to your friend. Oh, look at him. He's so cool. He's so cute, whatever. And then what happens? You get teased. And then you have to say something else. And then you have to say something else. And now that small interaction or attraction turns into obsession. And now you are trapped. Maybe after one year, you don't want to know that guy. But your friends talk about him. Maybe three years later, you don't even think of him anymore. But your sister reminds you of him when she talks about him. So please, when you think you like someone, just keep that thought. Where? Where? In your heart. It's a secret between you and Allah. If you really like that person, start making dua to Allah. Ya Allah, please make this a reality somehow. You know? Make dua to Allah. And you never know. Right? You never know. So what have you learned from this discussion? I want to hear from you now. What have you learned from this discussion? Keep your feelings to yourself. Okay? Not all feelings. You know what kind of feelings I'm talking about. What else have you learned? One thing can lead to another and then it can keep going and going. Exactly. One thing can lead to another. It can keep going and going and it will make your life difficult. Okay. Good point. Uh, the mother is saying that children should share with their parents. I agree with that and I don't agree with that. Okay? I agree with that in the sense that if somebody else is talking to you and harassing you or, you know, trying to be like extra close to you, please do share that with your parents. Alright? But when something's coming in your heart, you don't know how that feeling's gonna continue. It might die down. It may become stronger. So as it comes, don't talk about it because once you talk about it, then you are stuck. But if it is really growing and it's distracting you and it's becoming a daily challenge for you, then can you discuss with your mother or your father or somebody that you trust like an older sibling or a teacher or a mentor that I am having issues. I like someone and I'm not being able to focus on my life. Can you discuss this issue with them? Go ahead and discuss, but don't take names. Because once you tell them it's brother this or it's sister that, khalas, you're done. Okay? So I'm not saying keep all your feelings to yourself and everything should be a secret. No. I'm talking about your crushes. Okay? Keep those a secret between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
unless you think that they could become a reality, then yes, talk to people who can actually do something about it. And who are those people? It's your parents. Okay, what if you know it's not going to be a reality? What if? That's the thing. It's between you and Allah. For Allah, anything is possible. Isn't it? Isn't it? So make dua to Allah. That oh Allah, if this is good for me, please make it happen and make it easy for me. And if it's not good for me, please turn me away from this. The other person can use it to bully you. And tell yeah. other people, this person is like likes me, I don't like her. Because a lot of people have committed suicide over the fact that they have had a relationship or whether it's on the internet or whatever, that yeah. can be that has been used against them. Yeah. And so it might lead you to another whole exactly. different ballgame. The thing is that Allah will not hold you accountable for what is in your heart and what is beyond your control. You know the Sahaba, once they came to the Prophet ﷺ, and they said that sometimes we have such such thoughts that we'd rather die, we'd rather be burnt and turned to coal than entertain those thoughts. But we can't help it. Those thoughts just come. Right? So the Sahaba also had difficulties. What is in your heart is beyond your control sometimes. But once you say it, and once you start acting on it, then you are guilty. Then you are responsible. Yes? intrusive thoughts and essentially you could have things like oh you see a puppy on the street and you think about 10 different ways to kill it but <laughs> um, but the thing about intrusive thoughts is that they're see you guys weren't listening so you missed out okay now please listen but the thing about intrusive thoughts is that it's something that everyone has and if you you know say them out loud they're going to sound crazy they're going to sound insane but intrusive thoughts aren't necessarily what you think that you want to do you can be disturbed by your own thoughts but essentially you can't control it yes. and the thing is once you start saying it out loud once you start you know thinking about oh what if i did do this then it starts you know having an effect on your mental health because you think that oh there's something wrong with me to be thinking like this exactly. but when you leave those thoughts alone then it's just you know a passing idea or something exactly and the thing is shaitan is with you right shaitan is constantly doing waswasa i mean you are sitting in your class listening to a lecture and shaitan puts thoughts in your head. What if I get married to this person? What if that person? What if that person? What if that person? I mean, this is shaitan. So just because you have that thought doesn't mean you have to think about it more. Ignore it. And the best way of ignoring it and killing it is that don't say it. Alright? So Allah knows what is in your heart, in yourselves. فَحْذَرُوهُ So be cautious of Him. Allah knows what you're thinking. Now, in the following verses, we're going to learn about something important. Remember that we learned that when a husband divorces his wife, then he is not allowed to take anything back that he gave her. Correct? Meaning the mahal that he gave her, can he take it back? No. No. Now, divorce can happen at any time. So sometimes divorce happens just after the nikah, before even the husband and wife start living together. It can happen. Right? So for example, a man and a woman, they get their nikah done. And the plan is that the following year, in the summer, they're going to have a big ceremony and then they're going to start living together. That's when they will have the walima. Alright? That's the plan. That after one year, they're going to start living together. Okay? Too long? Yeah, but sometimes it happens, right? Both of them are in school, so parents say that when you graduate, then you can start living together. But for now, nikah is done. Have you seen that happen? Yeah, it happens. I think it's really good that nikah should happen 
as soon as possible and let people, you know, get to know each other, spend some time with each other before they actually start living together. But everybody has their own preferences. Anyway, but let's say after six months, after six months, they realize that they're really not good for each other. Because in the first six months only, there have been so many misunderstandings, so many arguments, that both of them fear that if they continue with their marriage, then it's not going to work out. So you understand? Divorce happens now, before even the two started living together. Okay? Now, living together is known as consummation of marriage. Okay? Consummation of marriage. Meaning where you actually start the actual marriage. Alright? Now, when a man and woman get married, remember, the man also has to give the mahar. Correct? The man has to give the mahar. Sometimes, the mahar is fixed at the time of marriage. Like for example, it's decided, the man says, I'm going to give $10,000, for example. Alright? Sometimes it is not fixed. Sometimes it is not fixed. So a guy says that, I hope inshallah it'll be something around 8,000, but I'm not quite sure yet. Because it all depends on my business. If it works out, inshallah, I will give 8,000. If it doesn't, then definitely 5. So you see, it's not fixed. Sometimes, mahar is deferred. Meaning, the woman is not given the mahar at the time of marriage. She is asked if she can be given the mahar one year after the marriage. Okay? For different reasons, it may be the case. So, what if divorce happens in one of these situations, then how does it work? So let's look at these verses. The first verse being 236. Allah says, la There is no sin on you if you divorce women. If you have not touched them. Now tamassu is from mas, meme, seen, seen. Mas is touch. And by touch, remember I mentioned to you earlier, things are mentioned in the Quran. Clearly, but not explicitly, especially when it comes to such matters. So what is meant by touch over here is consummation of marriage. Meaning the two have not started living together yet. Okay? So divorce is happening when? Look at the ayah. Divorce is happening when? Before the two start living together. أَوْ تَفْرِضُوا لَهُنَّ فَرِيضًا Or you make obligatory for them an obligation. What is this obligation? The obligation is the mahr. Because it's an obligation on the man to give the mahr to the wife. Right? But he did not fix it. It was not fixed. It was not decided. Okay? So you see, the first case. Zasaya is talking about the first case. Nikah was done. Marriage, not consummated. The two were not living together. And the mahr was not fixed. Can a divorce happen at this time? Yes. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? La junaha. Remember, divorce is not a sin. As much as people think it's a sin, it's not a sin. In some situations, it's necessary. It's the better way out. Right? So if divorce happens here, what is the guy supposed to do? He has to give the woman something. How much? He has to give whatever that he can, whatever he can afford. And that's mentioned over here. وَمَتِّعُوهُنَّ Benefit them, meaning give them something. How much? Al Musir upon the person of abundant means, Qadaruhu according to his ability, meaning whatever he can afford. A rich man should give what he can afford. Wa al Muktir 
and upon the person of insufficient means, meaning the poor person, the poor guy, what is he going to give? Qadaruhu, according to his ability. So you see what's happening here? The rich guy is going to give a lot, and the poor guy is going to give what he can afford. Alright? So this is mata'am bil ma'roof, a benefit in the recognized way, meaning whatever is acceptable, appropriate, حَقًّا عَلَى الْمُحْسِنِينَ It's a duty on the people who do ihsan. Amazing. We're talking about divorce, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says muhsinin. Yes, there are some people who can do ihsan even at the time of divorce. They can act with excellence. So at this time, they don't get cheap, rather they give something. Second scenario, وَإِن طَلَّقْتُمُوهُنَّ And if you divorce them, مِنْ قَبْلِ أَن تَمَسُّوهُنَّ Before you touch them. So what does this mean? Nikah happened. Marriage is not consummated. However, وَقَدْ فَرَضْتُمْ لَهُنَّ فَرِيضًا You have fixed the mahar for them. Okay? So for example, at the time of nikah, the man said he was going to give $10,000 to the wife. Okay? The walima was supposed to be the following year. Two months later, the guy says, I don't think I can get along with her. It's going to be difficult. So he says, okay, they decide to divorce. So he gives the divorce. Now, what is he supposed to give her? He gave her 10,000. Or he said he was going to give her 10,000. Now what? Allah says, فَنِصْفُ Then half of مَا فَرَضْتُمْ What you had decided, what you had made obligatory. So in this case, how much is he going to give her? 5,000. I mean, if you think about it, the two have not even started living together. So it would be kind of unfair, it would be unfair for the guy to lose a potential spouse now, and then also all of his $10,000. Right? But he did have the nikah with her, and even though they weren't living together, they didn't have any physical contact, still he hurt her. Whatever that she went through was painful for her. So she should get something. Honestly, Allah is so merciful. I mean, here, why should the woman be given half of what was agreed upon? Because her feelings have been hurt. Her feelings have been hurt. Half of what was decided will be given to her. Except if they pardon. Who pardons? The woman pardons. So she says, you know what? Keep your 10,000. I don't want any of it. So can she do that? Yeah. So then how much does she get? Zero. Because she's willingly forgiving the guy. Aw or Yarfuwa he pardons. Who pardons? Alladi biadihi uqdatun nikah, the one in whose hand is the knot of marriage. And who's this man? It's the husband. Alright? Because he asks for marriage and then as we learned he dissolves the marriage. Alright? He pronounces the talaq. So if he forgives, now how can he forgive? What is he forgiving? The fifty percent that goes to him, he says, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to give you all of 10,000. You keep it. So you see here what's happening? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's the law? That in this scenario, the woman gets 50% of the decided mahr. However, the woman can forgive the man and say, I don't want anything. You keep it all. So she gets zero and the guy keeps 100%. Or the guy says, no, you know what? It's okay. You take all of it, 100%. I don't want anything of it. Both parties are being given the opportunity to do ihsan, 
to be generous. وَأَنْتَعْفُوا Allah says, and if you pardon, أَقْرَبُ taqwa. It is closer to taqwa. Don't you want to be of the muttaqin? Don't you want to be on the safer side? You may have hurt the other person. So be generous, be on the safer side, and give. Give all of it. Give everything. But be closer to taqwa. That is better. وَلَا تَنْسَوُ الْفَضْلَ بَيْنَكُمْ And do not forget the favor between you all. What does it mean by this? Do not forget the fadl that is between you. You see when two people are considering getting married, then what happens? As the guy's family goes to the girl's house, they take some stuff, maybe some gifts. And then when the girl's family goes over, maybe they take some gifts. Right? There's food, there's you know some gifts involved. And then finally, at the engagement, maybe the girl's dress comes from the guy's side, or maybe the guy's shawar kameez comes from the girl's side. Happens, right? There's a lot of gift giving. Even in engagement, and even in nikah, a lot of gift giving. But okay, after the nikah, things didn't work out. And they decided to end the marriage. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Don't forget the favor. Don't forget the generosity that the other has done towards you. But in marriage and in divorce, what is it that people typically remember? Hmm? What they didn't get. Like for example, they'll say things like, yeah, the guy's mother brought the clothes, but come on, those clothes really, were they worth wearing? Right? Yes, they were my size, however, you know, I didn't exactly like them because they weren't too comfortable. We'll find fault in a kind gesture of the other person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to remember the kindness and generosity of other people instead of finding fault in it. You know, there are some people who find problems in even good things. And such people can never be happy. You have to start looking for good things, even in problems. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us. From this whole episode, don't forget the good things. Because typically people only remember the things that went wrong. The things that hurt them. The food was cold, or the tea was not my type, or whatever. She didn't ask me, he didn't ask me. They were so cold, they were too friendly. You know, with everything they'll find a problem. وَلَا تَنْسَوَ الْفَضْلَ بَيْنَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah is watching whatever you do. So what are you showing Him? How are you behaving? What are you saying? What are you doing? Allah is watching you. Typically, we remember Allah is watching me when we pray. But here we see at the time of divorce, also Allah reminds us that He is watching us. So be careful of how you act, what you say, how you behave. Now, there's two more scenarios that are not mentioned over here, but you should be aware of this. That if the nikah was done, and the two started living together, and the mahar was also fixed, and then divorce happens, then how much does the woman keep? 100%. We learned about this earlier. Right? Another scenario, which is that if nikah happens and the two start living together, but the mahar was not fixed. Alright? It was never decided how much the woman was going to get as mahar. Then in that case, if divorce happens, the man has to give whatever is conventional, whatever is customary or whatever is the norm. So for example, if the girl's sister got 5,000 for instance in her mahar, then he has to give her similar amount. Okay?